Hi, and welcome to the latest edition of the Dundee Football Podcast. In this episode, I have the pleasure of chatting with Charlie Thomas and Ollie Ocott. Both of those guys are great friends of mine, had a massive bearing on the relative success of uh, the Dundee book that I've managed to publish. Uh, and here I talk about activation of the digital strategy for Dundee, along with their journey so far and the fantastic job that they're currently working on alongside F1 ex-driver Nico Rosberg. Hope you enjoy it. All right, so here we are. Uh, it is, um, uh, we are basically in May. Uh, we, I think, uh, Charlie and Ali, we've been trying to do this for quite some time and we never quite got around to it because... Been a while. Because you guys are too busy for, for me to be able to, uh, to <laughs> get down in one place, living the high life in the south of France. Hey, um, hey. But it's, it's brilliant to have you on um, the Dundeal podcast. We've come a long way since those initial Dundeal days, which is awesome. And what I want to do is have you guys on because actually um, the brilliant thing that happened, which was very much in the background of, of my book before it was launched, was to get you guys both involved in um, effectively activating the book from a marketing, digital, influencer, sharing um, perspective. And so what I thought I wanted to do was actually just try and talk through some of the, the cool things that we did. Um, your brainstorming, your activation of all the, the great things that um, we undertook during that time and, um, and that led to the, the relative success of the book, which is in no part down to your fantastic work. So, you know, before we get onto that, I, I you know, I was trying to work out exactly when and where we met Charlie, but effectively the, the beautiful relationship started between the two of us back in the day where you came into the Sheridan's offices to, to, for us to meet in the first place. I think that was about right. Yeah, I think it was. It was, um, it was when I was working at GOAT and uh, Harry Hugo made the introduction because obviously you guys do a lot of work with them. And I can't remember exactly what I was, I was wanting advice on something. And I just knew that you're the man, you're the man to come to from, from what everyone had said. Um, so I was like, Harry, you gotta, you gotta introduce me, you know, I, I gotta talk to Dan. Um, and then I think we ended up speaking for like an hour and 20 or an hour and 30 minutes on a, on the evening of, of one yeah. weekday. Which it's true. Um, like you know, when you meet someone like-minded someone, that you're just yeah. like, it sounds like a bit of a bromance going on, but that's fine. Too. <laughs> it's just like you can, and it's the same way. It's true, though. Yeah, that's what it was. It was just like like-minded, speaking the same language, really proactive, loads of cool ideas and things. And it was like, actually, this guy's gonna be really, really interesting. Oh, thanks. I appreciate that. I think the Liverpool supporting common theme helped a little bit there break the ice. It took us a while to. It took me a while to warm to Ollie a bit more as a Chelsea. Fan. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was just going to say we didn't have that uh, that initial connection in terms of uh, the same team supporting. <laughs> but the cool thing then, effectively, was that um, once we'd had that initial chat, um, and then I'd sort of mentioned, you know, I want to try and do something a bit different with a with the book activation, and I want to try and just put it out there in a slightly different way that books usually are. Um, and and you were just like amazing this would be a really cool sort of split it was basically a side hustle project for you really whilst you're doing your day job as well yeah 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 firstly tell me how we got the dream team together basically the three of us <laughs> what, we, well, what we actually did because i didn't really yeah. do much in that sense basically it was all your, your good ideas well it rang a bell there because i remember it now our first chat 
was when I think it was about six months after I joined GOAT. Must have been uh, the beginning of 2018, I think, at the end of 2017. And, you know, in the talent division there, I, you know, I had all these, you know, ideas that I wanted to run by you. And then it was a few months later that we came to the discussion about done deal. So our first chat was before Ollie had joined. And then, you know, building out this division, I was looking at, you know, the, the next hire of who it was going to be. And so going through interviews, and Ollie's one of the interviewers. Um, it's me and one of the HR guys um, in the interview. We leave, leave the interview, get done. There had been three or four interviews at the time. And uh, I was like, I really like that guy. I think, he, I think he's got something. He's got something. Let's get him in, you know, follow up with him. And uh, a few conversations later, I was feeling quite good. And I'm down in, uh, down in, um, in the south of France with, uh, with a client at the time. And I was there for like a week and I pop open the laptop in the, in the office down there for a little while. And then a message on LinkedIn, um, you know, Ollie rejected the job. I was like, oh man, no, come on. He was the Play good one. Yeah, mate, that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, it's a negotiation, negotiation tactic that he learned before he even uh, got in the building. And um, the one thing that you're great about, Dan, is networking and keeping up with your relationships and such. And a couple of weeks later, I was still down in the south of France. I get a message uh, again from Ollie saying, you know, oh, I'm sure you hired someone, um, you know, but if there's still a position going, I would love for you to consider, you know, potentially me joining. And uh, I basically replied, yeah, you start on Monday. And that was basically it. Um, I was quite frustrated that everyone else came after, didn't really sort of match that bar and then after i messaged you started on monday started monday i messaged our hr team and said hey guys I have a new starter coming in uh on monday can you prepare him i won't be there i'll still be in the south of france and one of the big things i told all in the interview is like look we're not working in football yet but i want to be working in football soon we're going to be working in football soon first project we did on a big scale in football was the book from you the first uh project of, of the tag team on, on done deal with Daniel G. So, the, and Ali, I'd be interested in your thoughts as well as like, I remember then at some particular point coming into the offices and being, and then meeting you for the first time actually. Um, and then sitting in one of the glass rooms more or less and being like, right, well, we've got this blank sheet of paper. We've got literally, this is, this has been my, this has been my mouse mat. You'd be pleased to know for a while. <laughs> Good <laughs> branding. Good Good branding. Book that's going to be there. Um, there's going to be coming out soon and Bloomsbury have done a great job in putting it together along with myself actually writing it. But I was like, well, what, what do we actually do? What do we do from a non-traditional, you know, digital, generally digital perspective. I'm at a white blank sheet of paper to be like, well, how do we go about doing this? And that, that first meeting I came away with just like, that's awesome because there were just so many ideas flying around. And it was just a matter of not only thinking of those things, but actually then act actioning them as a result. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I completely agree. I mean, I kind of, I, it was in the, one of the glass buildings. I remember it. I remember the first time um, that we met because I kind of got that instant connection as well, you know, where you like, you can just fire ideas off each other and then you can then get more ideas and more ideas. Um, I think that's the first thing that we did really was just break it down super simply and just see how we were going to set it out in terms of the strategy. So I think the first thing we thought of was just um, how are we going to have like a kind of a pre-launch? So like with this, like the main aspect of that was increasing awareness 
um, and increasing interest of the book and be able to pro provide an insight for people that when their book is actually going to be available, that they're going to know what they're getting. They're going to know who Dan G is, what he does and what the book's about. Um, so I think that was the first kind of thing that we kind of set in place. Um, and then obviously we had the launch and then the post-launch, which we'll come on to. Um, but really from, from the side of the pre-launch, I'd say that we even broke it down to the fact of like really what social media platform was going to work best for us. Um, and I think straight away, I think the obvious uh, idea was going to be Twitter. Um, one, because of uh, you still have quite a strong following on Twitter. Um, and two, it's just a way that we could be able to generate conversations and engagements with people and be able to drive awareness through those kind of angles. Um, because I remember at the time you were doing a lot of um, interviews uh, or had a lot of interviews upcoming, uh, podcasts uh, and even talks. At, uh, I think we went to a variety of different places. Yeah. Um, so there was a really good opportunity there to be able to um, capture and gain quite a lot of um, longer form content um, that we would then be able to really break down um, and be able to distribute across your social media followings and then create actual done deals social media followings uh, where again we could provide an insight um, to people about the book yeah and Charlie from that first meeting what what were you? What what ideas were you more or less, or concepts were you starting to like formulate between you guys as to like, well, you know, what what we actually going to do? Is it we're going to put them on um, some websites? Are we going to try and uh, break categories down? Because I remember it was even like, right, there's a chance transfer category. Obviously, then the book's coming out in January. We need to really push that angle in the window. How do we get them front and center to be able to say particular things? How you know? all of those type of things mixed in with like, how do we make it on a club by club bait? There was just tons of different cool, like different siloed effects basically that we thought about. Yeah. I think when you have one of those first initial meetings, you leave with, you know, more work than you came in started with, obviously, but you look, if you list your ideas, you know, it's page after page after page and you really have to take in some of the big box, little box thinking to say, okay, we've got, you know, 200 of these amazing ideas. And then you, you analyze each one and you realize you can come out with maybe 12 at the end that are the actionable ones. So I think we looked at it from you know, a chapter by chapter basis as a possibility. We looked at it as a club by club basis and a topic, whether it's you know, commercial, whether it's uh, you know, playing contracts, whether it's boot deals, or, you know, the likes. And there was a, a staggered approach right, with, with the publisher that was uh, a few sneak peeks would come out first and a few, you know, parts of chapters would come out first. So it was mixing the main interesting topics um, combined with the passion of certain fan bases. And I think the ones that came out, which mixed quite well with the previews was the transfer topics and then the club by club basis. You know, we could have done a million things, but, you know, you're a full-time sports lawyer, you know, one of the top firms, um, you know, we full blast and trying to grow out the division as well. So it's how can we streamline this? How can we make it as efficient as possible? And, you know, from the work that you had done already in your career, you had a following, you had a name, people were jumping at the bit to, to come down and chat, which made it a lot easier than having to travel to city after city. And I think bringing all those together really helped us settle on the strategy of, okay, let's target Liverpool fans, let's target Chelsea fans, let's target transfer news, transfer deadlines and trending topics 
um, which, you know, Oli can touch on a little bit more because he was, you know, front and centre on that. When Chelsea got the transfer ban, um, you know, we were able to, to, to really pounce on this trending topic as well as the strategic approach, which, you know, Oli, you can uh, explain a bit about how you, how you handled that side. Yeah, I think, like, with the specific example of, like, the Chelsea transfer ban, I think one of the, the most important things surrounding that was the quick turnover um, because we only had, I mean, it came out in the morning. I think we turned it over within like one or two hours. I think it even came down super simple as like, Dan, could you please just send me like, yeah. or, or Charlie said, uh, like a, an audio message on WhatsApp. And then we could be creative in terms of like the way that we make that audio better. So we put a design behind it and we made some sound bars and put some uh, text format to like make it easier to see what you were saying um, and just being super creative with stuff that we could be have at our disposal almost um, and then from there obviously you'd provide the value in the content in terms of what you're saying what that means like so what that means with Chelsea at the moment like what they're going to do I think they I think you mentioned that they were going to appeal it and then if they didn't appeal it it would then go to this kind of part and then from there, we could actually create a, a really nice piece of valuable content at an immediate kind of yeah. state of time where people could get what they wanted straight away from Twitter. I mean, and then one of the most important things there is that we then created the kind of conversation in Twitter said where we go, oh, actually, um, if you want to find out more information on these kind of topics, then you can then link to this book and it will provide more of an insight into that. So indirectly, we were creating content about the book, but even with topics that weren't included in the book, which was like a really cool angle in terms of like what we were able to do. And I, and I really like the other thing that we managed to do as well, which I think worked very well at different times, was um, we had a sort of publisher uh, strategy as well, which was who are the publishers out there from a digital perspective that have got big followers, followings, if it's influencers, but more importantly, if it's football websites that have big followings, that have big Twitter followings, that have good engagement levels, that you could use and recycle content that we already had to funnel everybody into this one thing. So, And that's what happened. If I, I think what we did manage to do is that maybe it was a couple of weeks beforehand or a week or so beforehand, we got we managed to get it on Sky, on Sky Sports website in the middle of the transfer window and that got viewed well it, it got tweeted out to their three and a half million followers three or four times over a couple of days and that obviously had a link to um the amazon buy now page and, and that was in effect that the great thing that i think we actually got to grips with really easily and simply was great it's all good to get all of this attention but you've got to convert the attention um, and that's the cool thing that I really like that we had like a proper practical message, which was everything filters and funnels into um, the Amazon page where everybody very easily and quickly and efficiently can just literally click buy now. And if they've got Amazon Prime, it's delivered within a couple of days time. And that was the great thing that then became almost a marketing tool in itself, which was, and I have to admit, I got a little bit addicted to it, which was looking <laughs> at my Amazon um, like book rank. Like, you're like, yeah. oh, great, it's gone up or shit, it's gone down or whatever. And it wasn't a ranking according to who was buying that most amount of books, but it was based on the algorithm of how popular your book was. So at, at, if I remember correctly, at launch party time, 
um, which was, I think, just towards the end of the window in January, where we had it at the um, at Goat's offices, which is fantastic, which you guys did an amazing job at doing as well. We had loads of people turn up, which was fantastic. It was, I think, ranked 24th or 26th out of every book that Google, that Amazon had, was publishing at that, not publishing, but selling at that particular time. And we had that really cool little video that we all put together, which was number one on football, number one in a business negotiation for some reason, but who knows why that was the case. But, you know, that, that was the great thing about it, which was it all sort of led and funneled into that approach, which, which was quality. Yeah, I think, you know, the main success will always be from the work you put in, you know, over the years to it, being on the front lines in football, you know, the experiences and the knowledge you have, and as well as the network you built up. Uh, that goes without saying, but you're not alone in, in refreshing the Amazon for the links. The part that you mentioned with you know the publishers, I think it's it was really cool to be able to see that you had so much fine detail in the content that even even from one club standpoint, when we worked with uh, the Red Men TV, they, we worked with Anfield Rap, that were great. They were, they came down to London to do it. Is that even within one club, you had so so much breadth of of content, but not just content for content's sake, but very specific content that fits with the different background of the Anfield Rap and the different background of the Red Men TV. And when you come into, you know, value for value conversations with this, you know, the guys had to take time out of their day to come down from, from Liverpool to London, which was, you know, great and appreciated. But that's when you sort of work in for this the social media dynamic where, you know, everyone wants to be first, everyone wants to be, you know, quick on it, everyone wants a ball. So you leverage, you know, if you guys put the work in and effort to come down, we can give you, you know, the sneak peek of this book that's coming out, that's managed to be on Sky, that's been trending on, you know, Twitter and the likes, while offering them the value also of the insight to stuff that their fans love, right? You know, fans of Anfield Rap and Red Men love the transfer news, love, you know, behind the scenes of what happened. So at the end of the day, you're giving them value, we're getting value from them, you know, and everyone wins. And that targeted approach, you know, came off really quite well I thought um, but you know it all started all started from from the expertise you laid out in the book and Ollie just from then your perspective as well is like what did you I'm not sure if you told me about it to be fair but it's almost like what did you envisage and I'm sorry to put you on the spot <laughs> what did you envisage <laughs> sort of like success on what we were doing was it almost like we've got so many cool ideas and we just need to prioritize it and then in the end we'll just see what what comes out well and how we basically do it because we've got so many things we can tools and things and ideas we can use in our in our disposal how was how it that you when you were going through that process as well as obviously doing your day job as well and we were on whatsapp all the time and chatting and do and mm. literally on an hourly basis sometimes what what were you thinking as you were going along about how best you would, you, you were trying to do things well there's, there's there's really two things right is like one of the one of the cool things came kind of during when because i would come with you to quite a lot of the kind of yeah. the interviews and talks and stuff that you that you were doing and to see the amount of people that also wanted the kind of the insight and gain the knowledge in terms of like uh in relation to sports law or football or more specifically or even like law in general was like actually quite inspiring as well because for me, like dating back to the start of the kind of the talk where Charlie said about the the kind of trying to get into the sport industry, and I saw Essen and uh, Hugo speak about it with you um, yeah. in the previous ones, where they actually say it's like it's one of the the hardest industries to get into. 
Um, and for me, I could really like, like I could really like um, feel that because I, I had that same situation. So having people like kind of come up to me and ask like, oh, about connecting and connecting, uh, talking about all the stuff that you're doing and just like even you just having the questions and stuff to, to be able to provide to them was one thing that was like really cool because then when you could actually see the kind of people engaging with you on social media and kind of stuff like that, you knew that you were providing like a real value to people, if not just people that were already in the sports industry that were trying to like um, – network with you and create conversations but also people that weren't in the sport industry and weren't weren't in football or or even law that were just using the book as a way to kind of uh, develop their understanding for what was to potentially come for them yeah yeah yeah, yeah. no i completely agree I completely agree and that was the cool thing i think there was one talk that i did which i i enjoyed so much i know that you were there too for which was um I did a talk with Ruff Honigstein, Gab Marcotti, and Tony Evans at um, yeah. one of my friend Rowan Silver's um, bookstores um, uh, in East London, which was a bit edgy for me, to be fair, but, you know, it's <laughs> must. And um, I just had the best time because loads of people were there, got crammed into, like, this really cool, you know, homely, quirky bookstore um, librarian where, like, you know, some of my favorite writers of all time were alongside me, chatting to me about, chatting with me about football. And I was like, this is just cool. This is just great. Um, and it just, yeah, made me take a step back a little bit because what I, I don't know if you want to spend too much time at more talking about Dundee and more talking about your, your guys' stuff that you're doing at the moment because effectively what you guys maybe realize but don't realize that you actually did from my front was I began to realize that like the content side of what I like to be doing needs to be a bit more front and center. And that started in loads of different respects. Like it started with doing my, my charity fashion stuff, um, which is where I, yeah, I'm constantly branded basically. Got the 13 on. Correct. Correct. Um, and then onto, uh, like my YouTube channel, which is, um, which Ollie mentioned, which we've been doing some stuff on and the same with the podcast, which has been great. And I really love that, which obviously this is going to be a part of, which is really proud to say, to um, TikTok, I'm, like, I'm on TikTok now. I'm not dancing as much or singing, if you please know. <laughs> um, and it, it more or less then just developed a sense of like all of these things are accessible if you get the right ideas and you know you feel that you can give it a can-do attitude. And that was the great thing that you you guys started off. So th- thank you for all of that. But I think also everyone would be interested to hear sort of as much as you want to say what what you guys are doing now and. Um, and the, the, the great work that you're doing for um, someone that is a sort of global sports celebrity. So you talked the first thing about um, when you came into my office for the first time, Charlie, going, I want to get into the sports world. Well, here you are, pal. I'm, I'm sure everyone would be <laughs> interested to hear your both experiences about what you're actually doing and, and how you're living the life, basically. Well, no, thanks for us, for you to say that we, we helped push you in, in the direction that you're, you're really taking over now as a compliment, Then, You know, thanks. Before we get on to that, though, because you mentioned a few things there, I'll ask you a question again on the, on the subject. Mm. You know, you mentioned the authors that you were with, and you mentioned now doing the content standpoint. But out of everything, what was your favorite part about the whole, the whole process? What did you in, enjoy the most or the highlight? Because um, I remember what mine was, and I'll tell you after. You uh, okay, so I'll leave have a think of as well. I, th- the truth is, is that um, I really enjoyed the process. I really enjoyed literally like having the brainstorming sessions, doing the stuff, thinking about it. Like the, the transition for me of thinking about something 
to practically doing it and the outcome happening is very, very rewarding for me. I, I hate just talking about stuff and it not happening. So the exact inverse of that is absolutely the fun stuff. So my fun stuff is the pro was actually the process with you guys, which was like 11 o'clock on a Thursday evening, Ollie messaging going, I think we should do this for tomorrow. And I'm like, amazing. It's like how amazing that it's like in your head at 11 o'clock at night that like you want to do it. So to me, that enthusiasm and the enthusiasm of the process of going, we should do that, that was, to me, that was actually the fun part. The end, the, the, the truth is, is like the party or, the, the, um, uh, or where the ranking is or that type of stuff. In a way, I'm almost like that takes care of itself a little bit. Like that's the outcome, which is great. And it definitely takes care of itself to a degree, but it's almost like, how do you enjoy the journey of getting to the outcomes? And it's that which I, which I really enjoyed. Yeah, you just start thinking what's next already when that, when that oh, big yeah. highlight's done, you're like, okay, yeah. what's the next project? What's the next project? You know, conscious, I'll, I'll answer the second, you know, your question as well, but I would say the first, the first part that was my highlight of the whole thing. And last night, all you messaged me again at 11 talking about something. And I was like, look, it's okay to wait till tomorrow morning. To open email. <laughs> Don't kill yourself. But my favorite part, my favorite part was actually when your your father was at the event, oh, and um, and he he almost got some got some tears going at the end when I was uh, when I was just saying like you know what did you think you know what an amazing book and and he was just talking about how proud he was of you and I was like oh man that was you know that that was quite cool that hit me hit me in the chest that one see how proud he was of, of the work he put in it was, was amazing yeah DG senior yeah no he's um he's great. And uh, he's, he literally was the guy that, you know, he lived and breathed it. He must have read that, that book or the, the manuscript about seven or eight times. At least really? Going through every word, everything. Like, even when I was back at uni and starting off in careers or doing blogs and all the rest of that type of stuff, every time, basically, I call him the red pen man because he's the guy <laughs> that out my article. Within reason, tear it to shreds. Be very nice about it. <laughs> rebuild my <laughs> confidence and tell me how great it was apart from everything in the in the piece <laughs> that's where you got the lawyer's detail from there huh exactly so that's funny that, well, know, a lot of the a lot of the video content we did actually you know to finally answer your question transitions into what we're doing now with uh with nico his his main thing is, is always adding value to people right adding value how can we make other people's lives better how can we help people which comes into the podcast that he does. He's on a break from the podcast now called Beyond Victory, where he sort of sits with, you know, the world sort of high-performing individuals, right? You know, very much in the vein of, uh, you know, the Tim Ferriss sort of style. Um, and not just to talk about the biggest highlights that they've had in their life, but how, you know, how they achieved it. You know, what was the lowest point in their life? How did they overcome it to reach, you know, what they're doing now? and how you can take that advice from someone like um a daniel ricardo um like a toto wolf uh like a jabby alonso to then say how can you know you or i or ollie or you know another regular guy take the lessons of some of these crazy people and be able to use that in our lives so when we were looking at this, you know, the COVID-19 situation, we've got 17 colleagues, including Nico, in seven different countries right now working remotely. We're like, how can we not just like deal with the situation, but overcome it and adapt to it and help people? So now we're doing a spin-off of this podcast in a way. It's called Leaders for Good on his YouTube channel, where we've really targeted people that are making quite a difference for people during this uh 
during this whole situation, whether it's, you know, people providing incredible donations, whether it's companies uh, helping out first responders. Um, and even, you know, next week we're recording with, uh, with the CIO of Zoom, actually. So, you know, the platform that we're chatting on now, um, Nico will be speaking to him about, you know, did you guys see this coming? You know, how did you, you know, ramp up the service to handle, you know, the demand and the effect that they've been able to have on businesses, as well as a lot of stuff that uh, we're not okay to, I don't think it's okay to say yet for embargo. Um, but a lot of stuff that they've been helping out with that, you know, has been really, really impressive uh, to, to help people along during this time, to give some inspiration. And on the sort of bigger, biggest scale, uh, we're auctioning off uh, one of his electric motorcycles uh, by a company called Energica. We start, first had a relationship with them a couple of years ago, um, an Italian manufacturer, you know, incredible all electric uh motorcycle quite quite scary fast uh bike but instead of doing an auction where you know one person can bid what we're doing is doing a raffle um you know hosted through social media uh half italian charity half uh german charity and ollie has you know took the pro project by the horns on this one um and tapping into all of their partners the motor e riders facebook are supporting as well as well as Michelin who are providing the tires and taking almost, you know, the same strategy as with the book, but applying that to using the partners working together for the reach and all of their social media channels to get this raffle out. So people can say, you know, no one, not everyone can buy a motorcycle, right? You know, it's not easy, but people can say, well, if I put five euros, you know, I'm in a chance to win this motorcycle that is an incredible, incredibly, you know, worthwhile thing. But even if they don't win it, then they're contributing, you know, the Italians are contributing to an Italian charity and everyone else is contributing to German charities. So that's something really, really cool to be a part of, you know, to work with someone that thinks in that way. The, you know, the cool process is how can we help them tell their story? And social media is, you know, it's amazing to be able to have platforms, you know, like the ones you mentioned you're using across TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, to be able to do that. and as I think with all Formula One drivers, you know, driven is the word, you know, from a personal growth standpoint, how can we be a second faster, a hundred of a second faster, you know, how can we always be better? How can we always be better? And it's something that translates to, I think, everything that he does and, you know, everything we do. And uh, you can see it, you know, how much I think that you know, from what I've seen Ollie grow over the past year and a half, two years that we've been working together, I think it's a, to direct trickle down so that's really cool to be a part of um you know maybe ollie has some things from his side that he he wants to touch on as well so ollie question for you how do you go from working with the scouser uh to working with one of the <laughs> most high profile global celebrities on the planet and i'm not talking about charlie by the way so <laughs> <laughs> like you pinch yourself i'm sure that like you know and just by your background, you're out in, you know, the south of France, um, which is obviously a great lifestyle and a great place to live, you know, working with, with Nick on a, on a daily basis on, on everything that he does. What, what a fantastic opportunity that must be. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we spoke about it like the other day, really, me and Charlie, and it's, it's like crazy, really, to see how far it has come when you have those opportunities to do look back. You know, I haven't, I haven't really looked back too much. But really, in terms of the project, I think, so some of it has a lot to do with like being in the right place at the right time um 
I think that's one thing. But then also at the same time, when you have that opportunity, right, you've got to be able to take the most of it and be able to maximise the things. So there's been... I'll jump in here, Ollie, and I'll just point to Dan's uh, 13 sweatshirt that he's wearing, the quote that's on the breast. It's, it's perfect timing, huh? Yeah, it's <laughs> subliminal, like, marketing, basically. Guys. Exactly. <laughs> that wasn't even intended. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think, like, as I was saying, just, like, make the most of the opportunities that you get given, you know? So, like... There was there was a number of times where you've had to do the, the late nights and the normal seas or the the boring mundane tasks that just have to be done, you know. And it's like making most of all these different types of opportunities, um, and then just really trying to like push forward in, in in what we're doing. So yeah, it's it's quite it's quite hard to really explain because it's still really like been a quick process. Um, but yeah, I put a lot of it down to just being able to have a bit of belief in myself as well, you know, like when I, when I start before I even took the job with working with Charlie, I was so specific on the area that I wanted to go in because I prioritized while I was at university and all this kind of stuff in making sure that I did work experience in, in just a few different kinds of areas, you know, and then from that I found an area that was of interest for me. And so once I finished university, I could then, I was lucky enough to have a kind of specific angle where I roughly wanted to go in. Um, so for there, I wasn't like, and I mean, I must have sent off over like more than over 150 messages or emails or with no reply, probably more to be honest. Yeah. Um, but the one thing I would always do is just make sure that any of the, uh, any of the interviews that I did get the opportunity to go to was that I would take them because then I would be able to learn something from it. And so a lot of that kind of stuff I've still taken and I use into the stuff that I'm doing today. Um, and yeah, so I, I would probably paint kind of a lot, a lot of that stuff to do with like just being able to work hard, put my head down at times. Obviously like Charlie has been like superb and like guiding me and helping me with like a lot of the different angles and what we're doing. Like even if it's now progressing from what was previously more focused on social media now towards more so partnerships. Yeah. Um, and just like really learning the ropes of being of all angles so not just focusing on like one specific aspect but trying to make yourself in a way indispensable where you can learn all the aspects of work where people feel like they can't get rid of you because you know that too much you know one of my favorite things is he wasn't he nothing to do with formula one or motorsports before joining dad is a huge uh his dad's a huge f1 fan oh i didn't want to hear any of it and now, you know, Ollie's the first one in our WhatsApp groups jumping in on, oh, you know, did you see this? What do you think about this? What's going on? Oh, I miss the races. It, it's <laughs> awesome to see. Amazing. That's very cool. I, and I think one of the things also is like, you know, ultimately it's hard to get into the industry, especially, at, uh, you know, at a lower, less senior level, especially. But, you know, ultimately what will end up setting everyone apart that wants to do this type of thing, and I see it day in, day out, you guys will see it as well, is you've just got to be on it and you've got to deliver and you've got to do it really well and you've got to sacrifice. And, you know, I'm not saying anything unusual that you guys haven't heard full stop. It's just that's what it is and that's what came across pretty easily and straightforward in some of the stuff that we started off doing whenever it was now a couple of years ago. And the good news is, as I was mentioning, I'm probably going to start writing another book. So then I'm going to have to. Uh, I'm going to have to ask do it all again. Like, I'm going to have to ask Nico for a couple of days worth of your time. Otherwise, <laughs> let's do it all again. 
Correct. Dream team get back on get back on it sooner rather than later. Hey, get involved in some of the uh, the driver silly season, and maybe we can get some Nico involvement in the uh, in the forward or something. Get into the F one market. All over it, all over it, and that'd be really cool. Well, lastly, just before because um, we were recording this in May before the football season's ended. Um, Ollie, can I just ask you what you think about um, Liverpool being twenty five points clear at the top of the table? <laughs> Well, the the funny thing is, is this whole time there's been the talk of uh, the, what's going to happen with the Premier League and stuff like that, <laughs> and uh, quite a few times I've been messaging Charlie and saying, "Mate, I hope you know that uh, this league's going to get cancelled." Um, <laughs> and now I kind of think the joke's on me, right? Because it's the <laughs> well, however it works, everyone's going. You can have to have t-shirts with asterisks on, and I'm like, "Yeah, it's true. There's going to be a t-shirt." With on. It's going to say Premier League winners almost certainly, and it's almost likely going to say with the largest ever lead from second yeah. place to first. So you know, it's like you know, the Chelsea boys have had their day for a while as well. It's not like you haven't had your successes over the years. Yeah. I haven't really got a leg to stand on, if I'm being perfectly honest. Right now. <laughs> what position in Chelsea right now? I think it's like fourth or fifth, right? No, I think you know, I think United are fifth. That's why I was like, okay, if it's uh, if it's cancelled as it is, I'm happy because they miss out on Champions League. So, so there would bad. be a silver lining. There would be a silver lining. Awesome. Well, on that on that lovely note, <laughs> I'll say, and honestly, just a massive thanks for for literally getting involved in the first place. It was long overdue to have the chat. It was great to have you on and. Um, and hopefully we can do it again sometime and we can hear more about all the other cool stuff that you do for Nico and I'm going to be doing over the next couple of years as well. So thanks again, guys. Um, Looking forward to it. Dan, while you're still here on the line, I saw in the, the podcast with Essen, you asked book recommendations. Yes, go on. Can I ask for you to give uh, the best recommendation of what you're reading now? Um, it's this one. And it's not to do with... 20 seconds, I think. <laughs> it's not to do with who I'm speaking what a, what a fitting topic. What a fitting topic with me and Ollie on here. Yeah, nothing to do with that. But it's, yeah, it's brilliant. It's all about different personality types and how to deal with different people in certain ways. So, yeah, Surrounded by Idiots is, uh, yeah, brilliant. You'll love it. <laughs> I've got it down on my, ne my next order. I've got it down. <laughs> See everyone soon. And um, thanks for coming on, guys. Boys, thanks, Dan. Thanks, Ollie. Thank you, Dan. Man. Thanks for listening. You can follow me on Twitter, TikTok and Instagram at Football Law. Read my blogs and listen to my previous podcasts via my website, danielg.com forward slash blogs. Please do subscribe to the Dundeal Football Podcast, like, share and tag me. If you like the content, if not my voice, you'll probably also like my book Dundeal, an insider's guide to football contracts, multi-million pound transfers and Premier League big business. A bit of a mouthful. It's available to buy in hard copy, digitally, and via Audible. All links are in the podcast show notes. Lastly, the podcast is powered by 13, which is a fashion brand I've started. All proceeds go towards cancer charity research, and particularly the stellar work done by John Krell, who has helped my mum through some difficult times over the last few years. You can take a look at the merch and hopefully buy a t-shirt hoodie, cap, or all three. Please do spread the word and go to 13shop.co.uk. That's 13shop.co.uk. Thanks for listening.